0: Today's episode of The Aggressive Life has adult themes and adult content. In the long run, passivity won't pay off. It never pays off. If you want a life of meaning and transcendence, you're going to have to move. Aggression doesn't have to be toxic or damaging. Healthy aggression risks. It builds new things. It breaks through barriers. It's the key to living a life that matters. I'm Brian Tome. This is the aggressive life. Well, welcome to the aggressive life. I don't know if you're familiar with Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey. The Hero's Journey is all about a set standard process that every hero in every story goes through to become a hero. And if you want to make a lot of money, one of the first things to understand is that everybody is their own hero. Everybody wants to be a hero. We're not inspired by people who want us to believe that they're a hero. We wanna believe that we are the hero, that we are coming under attack, that we are being groomed for a higher purpose, that we are going to live a life of sacrifice and things are going to change because of what's happening in our life. We all have this inner narrative that we believe something is to be about our life or our life is supposed to be mattering more than it is right now. We want to be the hero. And in every hero story, there is a guide Think Luke Skywalker. He had Obi-Wan Kenobi. Every hero story, there is a guide that calls things out on us that takes us to the next place. I've had just a lot of people ask me, hey, could we get together? I just like to get get together. I'd like to buy you a beer. I'd like to pick your brain. I'd like you to build into me. Could you mentor me? And I'm very, very honored by all those requests. And unfortunately, I have to say no to the vast majority of those requests just because of the limitations of my time, and the number of people I'm currently already, already guiding. But all of us need a guide, whether it's somebody who's sitting down having a beer with us and knows about our life, or it's maybe somebody who we may never actually meet face-to-face, but they're going to drop some truth on us that's going to guide how we go in the future. Today is one of those days because today I am recording in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm here to interact with a guy who is the founder and CEO of a company we're gonna talk about called Groove Life. It's a pretty sexy company. We're gonna talk about that in a moment, but I got to tell what's really sexy about this guy. This is Aggressive Life. And what is more aggressive than an Alaska bear hunting guide? A guy who takes people in the bush to hunt bear in Alaska and maybe die. And yet somehow Peter Goodwin went well beyond that. Peter opened a hunting and fishing lodge in a remote part of Alaska. It was on one of these expeditions that his idea for Groove Life took shape. Peter wanted a wedding band that could stand up to his active lifestyle. So in 2015, Peter started a Kickstarter campaign to make this ring a reality. From that small start, the company has skyrocketed. They now have over 150 employees. They've relocated to Nashville, Tennessee. They are taking the world by storm. I just toured their facility. I saw more silicone rings I could possibly dream of. They're wonderful. God bless America. Groove Life has become much more than just a ring company. It's an adventure lifestyle brand. So I'm here with Peter. Thanks for having me, Peter. Wow! Thanks for being here. Would you be our new spokesman? That was great. If you take me to Alaska to <laughs> hunt bear, let's start right That's there. That's what everybody says. Let's like, start right there. I don't, I don't have to pay him. I just have to take him to Alaska. I mean, and, uh, this is amazing to me. Uh, you you started a business. You you actually hauled in your own. Equipment and built a lodge in Alaska. We'll talk about that. There's a little story behind that. It wasn't just
1: one day I woke up in middle America. I I was uh, born in Alaska, uh, and my family has been in the tourism business for. since the 60s, they, you know, they're kind of aging and getting older. And I saw an opportunity in the ecotourism. We still did hunting and fishing, but adventure tours, bear viewing, mountain climbing, uh, whitewater rafting in remote Alaska, 150 miles from Anchorage, no roads. That's kind of uh, fly-in only. So yeah, we uh, started our lodge. Um, and built it there. It was remote, lived off a generator in a small little- You're flying you know, in materials correct, to build yeah. a lodge. Well, we were actually surrounded by a national park, so you couldn't cut any trees down. Uh, but we actually hauled in all of our equipment on a DC-6, which is an old World War II plane. Um, and uh, we built it, four of us, 8,000 square feet. And, and we ran that lodge for many, many years. And um, Groove Life kind of came out of that uh, in, a, in a kind of a funny roundabout way, but as a side project- Okay, back to construction.
0: Sorry. I, I'm sorry. A, I, everything about you is fascinating. I have a total man crush on Mostly you. Mostly Let's eyes, th- right? <laughs> and that beard. But let's, <laughs> let's stay on the construction thing. So you guys are mixing concrete by hand and just making your own footers and everything? Or what's going on right.
1: there? Right, yeah. So there was, uh, we'd fly in our cement and then mix it with the gravel out there. Yeah, it was wild. It, it was
0: ground up. So um, some guy flies in on your planes. you got a plane to fly people in on these things? Correct. They fly in, and you take them to kill a cute little bear.
1: Right. The bears, just so everybody knows, bears are very managed in Alaska. There's a certain number that are taken, certain ma- uh, males. Uh, and since they've actually started managing, uh, you know, like in the 50s, I guess, the bear population's actually stabilized because the cubs. Because uh, a boar, a male bear, uh, wants to, you know, make love with his, with his sow, well, when she has children, cubs, that's preventing him. So he'll kill her cubs, follow her around until she comes back in a heat. Wow. And then breed her. And that's just the way God made things He will for, kill his own cubs. Or kill, he doesn't care. He just wants to, you know, he wants to have Do sex. Do his thing. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, he'll, so the sows, that's why they're so aggressive is they're always protecting mostly against boars. So anyway, in the hunting world, if you can take out you know, a certain portion of the males, then the cubs survive and the
0: population sells here. So
1: yeah, so we don't just you know, we're not bloodthirsty, just killing anything
0: we see. It's very
1: managed. So
0: bears fascinate me. They totally fascinate me. And have you had any bear close scares? I've had many, many uh, close calls. Give us a couple.
1: I had to sleep inside a dead carcass of a bear once. Oh, come uh, on.
0: You did not. I did. You slept inside of yeah. a dead carcass bear. I had to. Oh, you with are my the client. dream guest for me. And it was before The, uh, the Revenant came How you kill was this? It,
1: was it The Revenant? Was it The Re- The one Re- Re- where oh, Leonardo? Oh, before The Revenant? I was like, that guy, he copied me. What but happened? But I think I copied Luke Skywalker because I think he did it back in the 70s.
0: How did this happen?
1: Um, so we were with a client. Um, I was with a client. We were on a 12th day, I think. And we were, it, we were, you know, when you go bear hunting, it's not like deer hunting in a stand. You drive your four wheeler up. It's not like hunting in Africa where you're shooting animals out of the back of a jeep while you're smoking a stogie. You get dropped off in a small bush plane and with a tent, and you're out there for ten or twelve days. And a lot of times you don't even make it back to your tent at night because you've hiked so far away and it's too dark to get back. So you just you just bivvy whack it up, you know, on the side of the mountain there um so these guys are uh that i take are mostly executives um uh, because it's an expensive hunt it's very logistically um intense just even the travel so so we we're on this 12th day of this hunt and we see a bear we um uh, it's a long story but the the bear it, it, it kind of mocks charges it realizes we're a, it, it thinks we're another bear because we're rustling around and then it takes off we end up shooting the bear um then my client's gun failed i was able to get one shot off but we tracked the bear for three hours, and the bear knows we're behind it. It's backtracking on itself and doing different routes. And I know the bear is going to charge us. like I just know it's coming. Um, he would always stop at the tops of these little knolls and wait for us to come from the bottom. So anyway, we, we ended up harvesting that bear uh, pretty dramatically. He, he was waiting, and we shot him. In, my client shot him in the eyeball at about 10 feet. Oh, my gosh and the, the muzzle blast it was getting dark blinded us because of the fire that came out the end of the barrel and then the bear we didn't know we hit it but it was silent and, you know it was like boom your ears are ringing you can't see it's like a flashbang, and it's silent and i'm like the i'm just ready i'm ready i had my gun like this because i'm ready for him to jump on me and i was going to shoot straight up and uh nothing silence for like five minutes we just no, but we didn't move it was dark, dark, dark. And we, made, we started throwing st- sticks and making noise, trying to get it, something to move. And so we, we finally found him. He, they, he, had, he had harvested him. But that was dark. It was, it was in October, so it was probably getting dark around 7 o'clock. 2 a.m. we finished. So anyway, we, we, uh, it was, we were hypothermic by the time. It was sleeting. It was like 32 degrees and sleeting and blowing sideways. And where we hunted on the Alaska Peninsula, there's no trees. It's only uh, big bushes called alder, alder bushes, so you can't make a fire or anything like that. So we we had we had to sleep out there. We uh, ended up getting next to the carcass and then pulling the the. Uh, the the skin the bare height over us, and we shivered all night long. And so hypothermia, you know, first stage is, you know, sh- control, you know, control sh- shivering. And then, and you get in the next stage which you stop shivering. And, and so our whole goal was to stay up and keep shivering. It was so miserable. Uh-huh. Um, but it was definitely not warm. Like, climb inside and, you know... <laughs>
0: It's so warm in here. <laughs> I'm gonna put some intestines around my neck. No, sir, That'd be no, wonderful. Yeah, right.
1: I'd like, can I have the liver as my pillow? Uh, <laughs> but, but we survived and got out uh, the next day and had to hike about five miles out. But it was, uh, it was very intense. It was, hypothermia is your biggest danger up there in the fall, especially. Anytime in Alaska, hypothermia is always. But here's the deal just so everybody knows, you should never die of hypothermia if you have food, because mm. food is warmth. If you have food, you have fuel and you can move. And if you have fuel, then you can you if you if you can move, just get up and run, do push-ups,
0: you run out of food or water, you're toast. You're
1: done.
0: So so you go to Alaska, you build this thing out of nothingness in the bush, you're hunting and are, are you a single guy at this point?
1: Um, yeah, early on in my guy career I got married in two thousand eight and then we moved up to Alaska full time in two thousand ten. And I seasonally, right, so I'm seasonally guiding uh, because Alaska you don't guide all year round, and then I was seasonally doing construction, so I was always into building houses or or you know, trimming out houses, doing cabinets, whatever it took As i love I love guiding I've always uh, you know to see a, a person come to the Alaska wilderness for the first time is like it's almost like watching them i don't know see heaven it's like they get off the plane and they're so remote. And they've just seen the most beautiful things—glaciers, bears. You know, it, 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 it you're like going into Narnia, and then you land at our lodge, and you just get out, and you just to see that, and then take them on experiences, and push them, and watch Alaska break people down, um, in a way that it's—it's it's not a forceful breaking. It's like, it's—it's kind of like you're, you know, when you when you first, you know, like submit to God. It's—it's it's not like he browbeat you in a submission. You're just like, this is better. Mm, this is better. Yeah. And that's how it is in Alaska. It's like, this is better. This is amazing. So that was... Um, I don't know how I got up on that. It was a like, really romantic little note there. But <laughs> it was romantic. But it was... It I want to hold your
0: hand right now. <laughs> 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 Just don't sit in my lap. Uh, <laughs> uh, who does not want to sit in the lap of an Alaskan bear guy? Are you kidding me? Come over here, it's big boy. Sit in my lap right not now.
1: not yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, we... I don't know where I was going with that other than um, I miss it
0: terribly. Well, I want I I to I wanna come back to your wife in a moment because yeah. there's some story there. But take me then from how you go from being Alaska guide, building a lodge, to now having one of the most impressive businesses I've ever seen, startup business. I don't, I don't even know if you'd call yourself a small business anymore. I think, <laughs> I think your revenue is too big to be classified as a small business. But tell us about Groove Life. Yeah, so groove lights interesting. I would always traded my time for
1: money, right? I I you know, grew up, went to school, went to college and went uh, just and loved guiding so much that I just made that my career early on. I'm 39 now, so when I was 35, um, I was sitting at my lodge and a, a good friend of mine, he says to me uh, we're having dinner. He's like uh, I was like, "Hey man, how's it going?" He's like, "Oh, it's going great." Uh, he said I'm selling selfie sticks on the internet. And I'm like, man, um, I'm sorry. You know, like times are tough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sorry it sucks to be you. Yeah, man. right.
1: Um, I don't even know what that means. Is, what's the selfie thing? And uh, this is when they first kind of came out. And uh, I was thinking used books on eBay. That's what I heard. I'm selling used books on eBay from a garage sale because I was just thinking, you know, that's what people did when they need to make extra cash. So he comes in, he says that, and he's, I'm like, oh, man, you know, you know, trying to be nice, you know. And he's like, yeah, we just crossed a million dollars in 10 months. A million dollars. So it was one of those, I've, my, I lived my whole life thinking one way. And then I, I, I had a paradigm shift like that. Of like, this guy, I know this guy. He works on the North Slope um, up in the oil fields in Alaska. Two weeks on, two weeks off. Um. And he just started this business, and he's selling a million dollars in 10 months. I mean, it just blew my mind. So his suggestion, which is what I give everybody now, is find a product that you you use that you can improve on and then tell a different story to a different set of people
0: than your competition. All right. This is where you're going to make somebody who's listening who actually wants to do something they hear – a lot of money. Seriously, right. you could be listening to this podcast right now, going, "Oh, oh, I like the interesting thoughts." You could also literally change your life right now. Right now. Give me the three steps again. So it's, it's uh,
1: find a product that you use that you uh, that you in, you know like, right? In, figure out a way to improve it and tell a different story to a different set of people than your competition. Okay. Right? That- so here's what we did. So at that point, silicone rings had been out since 2006. A company called Safe Rings had come out with them. And then a, a larger company came in <coughs> and kind of made it more popular. Um, but they were speaking to Southern California and kind of gym rats and CrossFitters and just, just that crowd. So being who I was, I spoke. Um, well, first off, I had a problem with my silicone ring. It made my fingers sweat profusely and it gave me because uh, i'm in and out of water all the time i'm sweating just being you know manual labor uh guiding and stuff um i, I just always had to take it off and rub it and you know keep, you know, keep it dry so i was like well if i could make it breathable then that's improving it right so it doesn't have to be a massive improvement you don't have to reinvent the wheel you just make it you have to have a different story
0: mm.
1: it's all about story people buy off story uh, they if it's not a commodity, a commodity it was a commodity. But if you, if you want to sell a brand or sell something for a higher price point, you have to have a better story. So I put the grooves on the inside. We 3D printed it. Uh, I had it, uh, drawn AutoCAD, 3D printed it. Wore it. I gave it to all my guides, like six, four or five, six guys. And uh, the guides all wore it, and they're like, "Hey, this thing actually works really good." So then we had the molds made. We kickstarted it. But we, I took the silicone ring, I made it better. I spoke to. My demographic, which were hunters, fishermen, outdoor adventurers, guides—you know, kind of the—I always call it the Yeti, the Yeti crowd. That's how Yeti started. Oh, I'll say
0: that name again. Yeti, ho, Yeti. So, so
1: like Yeti started. I, I was one of their pro staffers, like up in Alaska. They, they, because uh, I was a guide, they gave all the guides, you know, big discounts because they wanted the guides to be out on the water talking to their clients about them, right? Because they yeah. wanted you, from Ohio, that's not a guide, to think. Yeti the only, you know, and, and you always buy what your guide has. So they spoke, they, they, they made a better product. I'm all over the place here, but Yeti made a better product. They spoke to a different demographic, and they told a better story. So uh, same thing with, with Groove. I spoke to my demographic, and I, and, I, and it was different than my competition. That's it. When you're selling to the world, you don't need billions of people to buy your product. You really don't even need millions of people to buy your product I mean, you need, like, thousands of people. So and there is billions of people in the world. I mean, we have people from Sri
0: Lanka buying our rings all the time. I mean, Sri Lanka? I, I mean, I know where that is. Amazing. <laughs> give us the metrics. Just some brief metrics. A lot of people are going to Google Groove Life and a little right, bit. but so, so that get, like, la, your, your trajectory the last few years is utterly startling. Right.
1: I won't share specific revenue numbers, but I will say that we raised $18,000. The first year in business, we did a, an amount— um, that was, that was very, I mean, most companies would love to have. We did that same amount this year in one day on Black Friday. Mm. So just to give you some perspective there. Wow. We've grown between, around 250% per year, every year. We'll be on the Inc. 500 this year in the in the top 100 companies. So,
0: Tell me about Mossy Oak and how you made mistakes and how you kind of aggressively made it right. Tell that story. I just learned this one about an hour yeah, ago. Yeah, so the Mossy Oak thing was interesting
1: I love Oak. I've always worn their camouflage, and you know, they approached me at a trade show, and they're like, can you do camouflage on, on your rings? I, we love your rings. I was like, um, yes. Yes, I can. <laughs> and they were like, great. We'll send a contract over. So I had no idea how I was going to do it. I didn't know, but I knew I could. I knew there was a way to figure out how to get it on there. I mean, you've seen Mossy Oak on cars forever. I mean, they're wrapping guns and cars. Surely, I'll figure out how to
0: For those who it. don't know, it's, it's something that's green, It and it's, it's bossy, and yeah. it's oaky, it's, a, it's a
1: camouflage. Marky it's got oak. leaves on it and trees, and you know, that deer
0: hunters use it a lot. And people kill things who wear it. <laughs>
1: that's right. Yeah. right. yeah. So we said yes. We went, um, so I signed the contract with them and paid them. I paid them a royalty up front. Um, but I had never imprinted a ring yet, or um, uh, hydrographed a ring, hydro, hydro dipped a ring, in. so we we went uh, over overseas and we tried to figure it out. So then at the same time, Cabela's made an order, right? They were like, "Oh, you have mossy oak. We'll put an order in for that." I was like, "Yeah, great." And so they gave me I don't know ninety days to fulfill the order, and it was hundreds of thousands of dollars. A lot. Still didn't have any rings yet. So we went to work. And it didn't end well. Like, this story isn't like, we went to work and we figured it out. We went to work and we bombed it out. Bad. Anyway, we, it was Christmas. Cabela's makes a massive order. People online are going crazy for the rings. And every ring failed. Every ring, the camouflage rubbed off in, like, a day.
0: <laughs> and
1: I'm like, I'm seriously, this almost took down the whole company. Because this is going to cost me half a million dollars. Easy. But I said to myself, well, because we, I live by a certain set of values, right? And and and, and I'm not going to waver from those. So um, Groove's mission is to serve people and inspire adventure and reflect God. So I'm like, if I'm, if I'm a dirty marketing asshole here, I'm just going to be like, sorry, guys, you know, screw you. We'll take our money and go. But I was like, if I'm really here to live out my mission to love people and serve God, then I have to do the right thing. And it's like, it's not my company... We'll get into this later, but I don't view Groove as my company. Just, I'm just a steward of this, you know, it's like a piece of land he's given me. It's just I'm stewarding it. And so I have to do what's right um, because I, I I have a holy fear that if I muck this up, like it's going away and my influence is going away and for him. And like that's – I want my son to look at my me in my eye – when I'm on my deathbed and be like, good job, dad. You finished strong, mm. you know. And for me to do that, it's not about the money at the end of the day. It's about how many, how many people right. I served and loved and had impact over. So we went and said we replaced every one of those rings without making people pay shipping. We contacted Cabela's, got their list, sent rings out to everybody, and it cost me an arm and a leg. But I was telling you earlier, that month, that next month, that was in April of, uh, I think, 16 or 17, 17, That month, we doubled our revenue because it it went viral and, and not you know, like, you wouldn't have heard about it, but it, in kind of the certain circles, it went like, this company's giving us, like, people went nuts. Wow. They loved it. Because yeah. we treated them the golden rule, right? right. <laughs> Treat people like you want to be treated. So, and that, honestly, we we were profitable again the next month, just like that. Wow. So, it was cool. I, I think all, all that to say is not that you're not going to fail. In fact, here's how I live my life now. Like, I... I yearn for failure because the faster I can fail, the faster I'm going to learn how to succeed. So we do product development all the time, and we do different ad testings. And I, I'm trying – so the key is to fail really small, hmm. to mitigate the, the, the size of the failure. Most people in life go all in on something. Without getting good data, without seeking wisdom, without, without, you know, without figuring out if it's going to work. I see this all with entrepreneurs all the time. Like we, do, we do lots of consulting for entrepreneurs, and they're like, I've got this idea, and I've been sitting on it for four years, you know, making it the best ever before I launch it. I'm like, what the F are you doing yes. with your life? Put yes. it on Kickstarter, and people will tell you if it sucks or not, and then you can move on with your life. Right. Get, Get moving. Get Do moving. It
0: fast. Move. Succeeding is not about thinking. Succeeding yeah. is about moving. <laughs> moving.
1: 100 percent And moving means pain a lot of times. It means pain. And but you've got to disconnect your your um, identity from your idea. And you gotta to be totally okay with your ideas sucking. And then selling people what they want. Do you think I really wanna sell Silicon Ring? I'd rather be a hunting guide bush pilot in Alaska. But guess what? The market for what I did up there was hundreds of people a year.
0: <laughs> Dude, you're dropping truth bombs left and right. Separate your identity from your idea. So I, I take what you're saying there is we should be holding loosely to the things that we're creating. And if our ideas or things we're creating are failing, that might get us to a new place. It doesn't mean that I'm a failure.
1: Absolutely. I mean, again, if you can... I had a guy tell me one time, he said he, he was the best sale, like door-to-door sale, book salesman in the country. And I was like, "What is your secret?" He said, "I sucked like everybody else did selling books, because I just kept getting no, 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 you know, and every now and then I get a yes." So he said, he said, "My only goal was to get a yes. That's all I had every day. How many yeses can I get, you know like everybody else." He said, "All I did to become the number one is I said, "I'm going to get a hundred no's before I stop today." Hmm. So he changed the conversation, he changed the paradigm. He was going for yeses, he changed to noes. He's like, and guess what I learned? For every 20 noes, I got a yes. So every day I sold five sets of books mm. across the country. But he was like, I wouldn't stop. Even if I got 10 yeses, I wouldn't stop till I got 100 noes or whatever. I mean, I, 50 noes, I can't remember the number exact. All that to say is uh, movement and action is, is the success and ident- not, not identifying with your failure. But using that's kind of a badge of honor. Have
0: you always been somebody who moved or was there a an aha moment that you had earlier so on? So I,
1: life? I um, no, I was not always someone that moved. I always was like stuck with my comfort zone. I mean honestly my comfort zone is flying bush planes and, and hunting bears in Alaska. Like I, that's that's my happy. That's place. such a
0: comfortable life. That's I mean, only place. people who've checked well, it's, out it's, actually it's, fly planes it's, it's in of, desolate areas and <laughs> kill things that could kill you. That that's so passive that you would do that. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm a passive person. No, it, but you you whatever you grow up doing is kind of what you think is normal, right? In Alaska, the fact that I'm a hunting guy in Alaska is like, yawn. You know what I mean? Because mm. it like, oh yeah, my uncle is, my dad is, I am, whatever. It, down here it's it's nostalgic and, and it has this wild moment, but in Alaska, it's just normal. So all I'd to say is like guiding was just easy for me because I grew up in it. I grew up doing it. I watched my uncle do it, I watched my cousins do it they I had a job at a, you know high school and college doing it. Um, it was just it was it was, wasn't a lot of risk to it. Um, this has been much more risky and out of my comfort zone in every way. Mm. Um, so there was a point where I identified. My limiting belief. You can make a, a liability out of every asset you have. I'm too rich. I'm too poor. I'm too skinny. I'm too fat. I'm too pretty. I'm too ugly. You just that's just we have this we like to tell ourselves stories so that we don't have to risk. That's just how we are. So my limiting belief, which I didn't know consciously what it was, but I wanted that it was that God wanted me to fail. Mm. I was suffered with depression in my early mid twenties uh, for four or five years, really bad, really bad. I mean, I had I, um, suicidal thoughts and, and all the medication at, at points. But I was so close to God in that time. Like all I had was God. I didn't have a family. I didn't. I wasn't dating anyone. I just. I was depressed, and I didn't know what I was doing on this earth. What is my purpose? What is my mission? I'm this person. I. I'm still guiding and making money and you know doing construction, but I didn't have a purpose. I just was. Doing, going through the motions, and I didn't care. I've never really cared a lot about money, so it wasn't like I was just trying to buy more stuff. Uh, I just formed this relationship with God that was just, I mean, I just, it was amazing. So, in my mind, my sick way of, uh, I think Satan planted it, I don't know, I don't know how it all works, but I thought I needed to suffer to be close to God, and being close to God is the most important thing on <laughs> earth. And so I would always kind of self sabotage myself. Honestly, I would start. I would do the lodge. I do uh, construction. The, the guiding life yeah. sounds romantic, but it's seasonal. Yeah. So it's like you're you're three or four or five months in the seasonal and construction. You're never really building anything big. And um, I know I'm kind of all over the place, but it that was a the, when dude, this I uncovered is huge. that when I uncovered that God is for me. Um, and again, it's a longer conversation. Um, that was the next month I started groove.
0: Mm. Wow, that was it, dude. This is this is this is really huge. I I I ask God a lot. How is it? Why is it that the most influential, richest people that could actually fund your work and do things that you want to have happen seem to have zero faith at all? I'm I'm talking about worldwide the right. richest riches. I get it, and I think you're you're on to the reason why. Because if you're in the Christian faith, there is a limiting belief that is taught from pulpits. If it's not taught from pulpits, it's drunk in the coffee that's served the churches that says... If your life is going well, you must be doing something wrong. Right.
1: You're living in the world. You're not. You're right. in the world, not of. Because blah, if blah, you're blah,
0: blah, close blah. to God, then you should be shipwrecked. And you yeah. should be out in the middle of Africa, naked, right. trying to print Bibles out of papyrus leaves right. or something like that. There's this. There's this inbred cynicism towards anyone that is doing well or a church that's even growing. Oh no, they're growing. Something weird is happening with that thing that's growing. And if that's our limiting belief, which, by the way, is no place in the Bible, no place at all, of course, of course, the most effective people starting businesses agree, people who don't have any faith because they don't have that limited belief, which, by the way, isn't part of the Christian faith. I love you unpeeling this. Jesus said, greater things will you do. He didn't say, if you do something great, I'm going to greatly smack you down. He said, greater things will you do. Right. Preach to us more, man. Come on now. I got the Alaskan guide (laughs) who's making freaking silicone rings. Right. Giving me truth here. That's
1: it. I make silicone rings for a living. (laughs) Which is another story we should get into. It's an amazing story. Um, Here's what I tell all my people. Like, uh, I demand excellence. I mean, if we're going to do something, if we're going to carry the God banner, the God banner is not an excuse to be half-ass, to be sucky, which most Christians use it for.
0: Just I like never I will hire to. a subcontractor to do anything That's a for Christian? me that, has, has, that has a fish on the heart. No, no. Forget it. Because they're a like, fish well. On the You're done. You're well, done.
1: Well, uh, yeah, like um, not I'm stressed hiring you. today and I'm praying. No, at the yeah, don't pray. Don't like, pray. I
0: need your freaking <laughs> hang drywall is what I need. I don't care. Your fish thing is no.
1: So we at Groove, we, I mean, I, my, everybody will tell you, like, I, the customer is everything because it's about people, Right. And we will be the best, like Chick-fil-A, like love them or hate them uh, on their beliefs. They're the best freaking sandwich in the world. I mean, like you, you, McDonald's next to a Chick-fil-A, look at the line. It's not even, I mean, right. I, th- I think the average McDonald's does a 1.5 million. Three times.
0: They do yeah, three times. Yeah, it's like four and, the- and a half
1: million. It's, it's unbelievable. Why is that? It's, it's not because they're Christians that you go to Chick-fil-A. It's because they're freaking awesome. And their they're systems and processes. And so now they have a platform to... Had their little plaque on the wall because you're just like wow that was a different experience that was unbelievable and that's what we strive for here at group so we um we have lifetime warranty on all our products and i that costs me so much money per year but i don't care because it's about people and when you serve people it's the weirdest thing it's like opposite of what you think when you serve people and don't worry about the money the money just it just comes and, comes and comes and comes because people will open up their pocketbook to you if they trust you mm. and and you add value to their life mm. and so what we do here at Groove is we try to try, I mean, oddly enough, we have a silicone ring. Seems like a kind of a silly product in, a, in, a, in the grand scheme of things. I'm not, you know, curing yeah, cancer. Man, that's a
0: great product. You, you cured me from broken fingers and all this <laughs> right, stuff. I, I, right. I previously cut off two or three previous wedding rings. because really? Yeah, it would jam my, my knuckle and it'd swell up. Yeah. I got to cut this thing off now right. or else I'm going to lose my finger. Right. And uh, no, man, it's, it's a big it's, deal. It's a
1: valuable product. And, and I, hey, man, I wear them. I love them, obviously. But a lot of people, millions of people wear them. But the, pro, the the thing is, is like each one of us has been given influence, even if it's small. Even if you're working at a small office somewhere and you only work five people, you have influence over them. Be 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 faithful to that, and and God will. You know who knows
0: what He's gonna do. Mm. Let's go off the board here. <clears throat> Let's go back to something I know. I think a lot of our folks are just wondering. All right, wait a hold a hold on, hold a hold, hold. I've got. There's a guy here who has a wife <laughs> and you get your wife to go live in Alaska where it's dark mm. nine months out of the year and where there's no movie not- theaters, there's no Starbucks. There's <laughs> right. no, you, and, and by the way, she she doesn't have you know, hair coming out of her nose. She's not like Alaskan bushwoman. No, she's, she, I, I met her. She's, yeah. 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 Easy. Yeah, okay, yeah. I'll just stop right there. Uh, she, th- this woman then says, I'm going to support you by thinking that people are going to put rubber rings on their fingers. And uh, how how do you get a woman to do whatever you want them to do? <laughs> <laughs> Give us the is, secret to that. This is it's coming. Yeah. Um, so no, my wife,
1: um, my wife is a professional. She's a veterinarian. You wouldn't know that she, she lived in the bush and, and had babies naturally, you know, at our house. Oh, my gosh. So, that also happened? Yeah, man. She's, oh, she's awesome. Oh, man. But anyway, I met her uh, at Auburn. She was uh, finishing up vet school, and I just happened to be coming through there and met her. And So she's southern, southern girl all the way. We got married. Um, I'm still doing the seasonal guiding thing. And, and I have this—people ask me all the time, you know, like, how did you get—you know, every man just wants their wife to blindly follow them, you know. Um, but the problem is, is that our wives know us more than anybody else. And so guys, I think, are super—it's it, super intimidating to try to lead your wife because, because how are you supposed to lead this person that knows you? It's easy to come to work for me to lead all these people because they don't know who I am. Right, they see my the wife,
0: leader guy. My wife's like, guy. this
1: guy is a 12-year-old in a 25- <laughs> or a 35-year-old body. He wants to play video games. And I think it's super intimidating. So we we were we we lived in Nashville for uh, about a year and a half after we got married and, and things were tough for her. God was working on her. Uh, she gotten She was working full time, and God started working on her life. And and I was just praying like, "What do we do next, Lord?" What's I really want to move to Alaska, but I know I, I don't have the cojones just to be like, "We're moving to Alaska, woman." You know, get on board. You know, she'd laugh at me, and because she's a strong woman, she's uh, she's independent and. But she started to see me submitting to God about our future, and we, I would pray with her about it, which, by the way, is super intimidating for any It man. is.
0: It's why very few guys right. ever instigate prayer with right. their wives. Which is
1: one of the most amazing things you could ever
0: do with your wife. Yes, it is. Ever. If you want to go
1: to the next level, next do level.
0: that. It is hyper intimate.
1: And, and here's the thing. Side note, praying your wi- with your wife is not about leading. It's about submitting to God. And, when, and it, it ties in here. When a woman sees... Her husband submitting to God and leading the family, not out of bravado and I've got a great idea and you're going to follow me dominance, but out of submission on his knees before God. No woman in the
0: world will not follow that.
1: Mm. Women have usually so better she may ideas. not have
0: a submission problem. He has a submission problem. Right,
1: he does, and he thinks he's got to do it on himself. And that's what I say to everybody. The gospel is that it's not your life. It's not. So I don't look. It's not my family. They're not my kids. not my wife. This is not my business. This is not my life. I am not responsible to make any of these things work. God's the provider, emotionally, physically, spiritually, for every one of those things. So when you wake up and kind of live your life like that, you're like, okay, this is God's, all of this is God's, and I'm just a steward. And you're like, I'll do whatever you want me to do and go wherever you want me to go. Um, And your wife sees you do that. She'll follow you to the ends of the earth. And she's not following you. That's the great mystery she's not she's following god Mm. through you so from the outside people are like wow she just followed him off into the bush you know no 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 whenever it got hard in alaska which it did many times i'd look at her and say i want you to stop stop you did not follow me up here because she'd always pull the card she's a human yeah i followed you up here and i got it i was like bullshit you followed god up here just like me and i'm having a hard time too but we're in this together And I don't know what the story looks like, but he's writing it. You're not the freaking author, and neither am I. He's the author. We're characters in his book and his story. Mm. But my wife follows Jesus Christ, and I follow Jesus Christ. And we're more united than her just following me. That's brilliant.
0: So, okay, let's do one more thing. Do a lightning round. Oh, boy. Let's do a lightning round. (coughs) I'm going to ask you something, and you got to give me something in three sentences less. All right. Are okay. you ready? Okay. I have no idea what you're about to say. Here we go. Book I should read.
1: Um, Thou Shalt Prosper. It's by a Jewish... Rabbi uh, Dan, Jewish Dan Rabbi. Lappin. Yep.
0: Oh, Un- Unbelievable.
1: Oh, man.
0: Dude, you, you and I are like mind-melded. This is really crazy. <laughs> All right. Okay. Gun I should buy.
1: All-around gun or just the specific?
0: Uh, no, just... Oh, uh, you, you answered the way you... I the, would
1: suggest buying an over-under... 20 or 12 gauge so that you can go uh, start skeet shooting which is very cheap inexpensive and a great camaraderie. Great. Skeet shooting.
0: Best camping
1: tip. Oh man. (laughs) Oh sleep with earplugs. That's the best Dude, camping come trip. On. in there. Yes. So when I was in I quick. take
0: extra, I pass them out to people, yes. whatever I'm
1: with. You want these. It's it's the game changer. When I, even when you're in Alaska, which you're like, I want to hear bears and everything. You don't want to hear that. Like, just come in and eat me. Yes. I need a night's sleep. Because after... Tw- when I was a guide, it was like 30 days of not sleeping. The first year I guided, right out of high school, full time. It was like, I haven't slept because I'm hearing everything. My mind's like... Pretend, I, and at the end of the season, I put those in. And now I'm like, well... I, if they give magical, me, they give me.
0: utterly magical. Yeah. <laughs> how to please a woman?
1: Um, I will say how to please my wife: be kind. Yeah, I say I asked her the day I was like, "When am I most attractive to you?" You know, she's like, "When you're kind, and when you make me laugh." How and to fun. motivate employees? Give them a bigger purpose than themselves and than what they're doing.
0: How to see opportunities?
1: Um, have your eyes open. Always think how you can make something better. Who is not being served by that product? We're selling again. You're
0: not selling to your local food mart here or you know local community. You're selling to the world. All right, boys and girls, I think that wraps up another episode of The Aggressive Life. If you want to, if people want to follow you, Peter, because you've got a lot of cool things going on, where can we follow you, follow up with you, see what else you got going on?
1: Yeah, so it's groovelife.com, G R O O V L Life, Life. And then um, I don't really do a lot on social, but it's Peter Mark Goodwin on Instagram. and
0: um, I think Peter Margood went on my Facebook. Maybe you don't right? do a lot of social. You've got a YouTube adventure channel. I you do. Swimming, a, swimming with white sharks without a cage. Not right. white sharks. Swimming with sharks, sharks without a cage yeah, as one sharks. episode. So yeah. you've got some stuff we, going We have
1: done the, uh, we do have the adventure channel. Uh, so check that out on YouTube. We do uh, crazy adventures all over the country, all over the world. Um, one a month, we take somebody that has not, uh, we take kind of a, a guy that's stuck in the cubicle and we pay for the whole trip and let him do things. But we've done everything from bull riding to skydiving, paramotoring, wow. noodling for catfish, wing walking
0: on the biplane. Um, we've wow. done snow machine in Alaska. Would you take somebody who's like stuck in a pastoring job to a place yeah. like Alaska to have bear? Would you take somebody uh, like that? Maybe, you had like to apply. i uh, have to apply, yeah. <laughs> I, I might know I somebody who could I try not to, to hang apply. around many pastors, uh, but, but yeah, I might make an exception. All right, Peter. Hey, this has been fantastic. All right, guys, women, everybody here. You've got a guy who's given us a lot of stuff. He wants to help you be more aggressive. If you do some of the stuff that he's talked about today, your life is going to be different. So let's go. Chop, chop. Let's go do things instead of think things. Welcome to The Aggressive Life. Well, hey, if you like Peter, let me tell you something. You're going to like his ring even more. (laughs) you know the groove life ring i've been wearing it for quite some time and and it's good it works i never have to take it off peter a uh, good generous man that he is he's chosen to give just us here at the aggressive life 15% off if you want a groove ring or a watch band you can go to the groove life website and put in tome15 15% off tome15 at to checkout and you are all set up